your life. <laughs> Please. Oh, all right, sorry. I just had to. I had to play some new Pearl Jam for you. Oh, well, that was new Pearl Jam. That was <laughs> yes. It's from their most recent album. But anyway, we don't have to talk about Pearl Jam. Just uh, that's where the idea of Walking Dead came from. <laughs> Let's listen yes, to Pearl Jam it all, albums. It all started with Pearl Jam. <laughs> it all started with Pearl Jam. Oh my gosh! Welcome to Mom Fears My Podcast. I am Mike, and with me is my father, Alan, who will say hello there. <laughs> Sorry. And greetings. I, sh- I shouldn't have told you. Yeah, you should. I just noticed that the first two podcasts you said hello there both times, and I thought it was great. And and I just I, now I have this dream in my head of this entire compilation of months and months and years worth of hello there is all mixed together. I got time. I, <laughs> we could just do them all now. We just do them all right and now. get them all out of the yeah. way. Uh, so we are back again in the uh, loft, the second story of my of my parents' house. And uh, I'm currently getting my car worked on again. Toyota. <laughs> Which actually is it's it's a shame because it's the best car that I've I've ever owned. Um, and it's not like it's had a it's not like it's needed a lot of work done. It just so happens that as soon as we got our tax refund in, the caliper seized up, and I needed new calipers and new brakes and new brake pads. And then they found the leak in the radiator. So now, before it gets taken on any long trips, I'm getting the radiator replaced entirely, and it's basically the entire the entire tax refund is going into the car. The American um, dream. <laughs> yes, it's alive and well. <laughs> But so then I just got, you know, sort of thinking about cars and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And really, I just wanted to hear about some of some of your classic cars. I mean, I have plenty of car tales. I feel like I've seen the end of more automobiles than most people own in their lifetime. And part of that is because I wind up wind up finding deals on things. And, you know, you buy a used car that's already got 50 or 100,000 miles on it or sometimes more. And so it's just destined to die. But, I mean, sometimes... I feel pretty cursed <laughs> with cars and automobiles. From what I remember of hearing about, you know, different cars that you've had, I think you've had... Well, first of all, starting off with a with a 1940s military Jeep is pretty awesome. I mean, I sort of consider your first car at nine. <laughs> yeah, that was, that, was, that was pretty good. That was, that was cool. I was the only kid in fourth grade to <laughs> be able to drive, I think. Right. A stick, at least. <laughs> yeah. Three speed on the floor. I don't know, what was the first, like, actual car that you owned? For, I don't know, was it before you had a license? Or oh, yeah, once you it had was, a license? yeah, it was, uh, I, had a, I had a 55 Plymouth <laughs> four-door, but it was mine. It cost me $66. Wow. I got it one day before my 15th birthday. <laughs> so I had it from the time I was 14. Worked on it forever till I got my license, and then proceeded to back into it with my mother's 56 Buick. <laughs> <laughs> I backed right into the driver's door. Oh no! With the '56 Buick, which was a nice car too. Right. But that wasn't mine. We fixed up the car. I did did most of the work myself. I did have somebody paint it for me. It was two tone, something like green. <laughs> Some version Some of green. Some version of green or blue or <laughs> turquoise or whatever it faded into was two tone green and uh, painted it maroon. Did the whole inside over in black and white and gray and including the headliner paint it had a spray for the headliner but i did all the body work i did the see now i can't even imagine doing 
all of that work. My, I, I know the only thing I know about cars beyond driving them and basic operation is things that have gone wrong with my car. I remember the first time I learned about a catalytic converter was when one broke on the Honda, you know, like that sort of thing. And you never like that wasn't that wasn't was that something that you just learned from Pop Up that was you know you have a car you need to learn how to take care of it. Well, yeah, well, you had to you had to you had to take care of your car. I mean that was that was who you were in high school. At least that's who I was in high school. Was my car? <laughs> Maybe that's, that's awesome. Maybe not the four door, but I had a car. Everybody didn't have a car then, but right. I at least had a car. It ran. It was a V eight, three speed on a column. I messed with that car for over a year before I got it. To, you know, before I got it to where I wanted to drive it. Took my driver's test in the '56 Buick that was my mother's. Only because only because the Plymouth was a stick, I guess. Okay. You don't want to try and pass your driver's test in a stick when you're 16, <laughs> 16 and one week old, you know. Right. That's when you got your license. Back then was first Saturday after you turned 16, you went and got your license. That's all there was to it. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't even get mine until right after I turned 17. And it, was, it wasn't because I, I couldn't. I had my permit and everything since I was 16. I was just, I was really nervous about being on the road alone, you know. I mean, oh, I, I never thought I wanted to drive. I watched my father drive from the time I was old enough to stand up in the back seat when you could, <laughs> when a kid could still stand up in the back seat and look over the, <laughs> look over the front seat. Right. Oh, it scared me to death, until I realized that if you had a car, you could also get girls. So, <laughs> right, that's the American dream. Because that overcame all fears, all fears, fears of the fears of no females was. Uh, <laughs> Is greater than the fear of driving. Fear of driving, yeah. Fear of driving. Fear of flying. <coughs> I never did read that, but that was a, that was that was the thing. That was what you did. You worked on your own car. I mean, I never did anything too mechanical to that one, at least. Right. You know, you put a, I put a muffler on it. I don't know. I did. I did a lot of body work on it just to get it. Took the chrome off the sides and filled in all the holes and off the hood and the trunk. Right. And then I went to the junkyard and started picking up cool parts for it. You know different steering wheel it had no turn signals on it when it came from the factory it had no turn signals on it <laughs> that was something you had to put on well or they were just somebody not... somebody had put turn signals on it it was a big old truck thing that you put on uh pennsylvania said at some point before 1955 that you had to have, or right after 1955 you had to have turn signals you used to put your hand out the window right right left stop and uh somebody put this Big old box on the side of the steering column. <laughs> oh my god! I found I found one in the junkyard that had turn signals on it. So I took the I took the steering wheel apart, took the turn signal, get out of the whole here. turn signal thing, whole turn signal assembly off, all the wiring, and it worked fine. Except the only thing I had when I got done, and I never could figure it out. It was in the wiring somewhere. When I stepped on a brake, the parking lights also came on in the front. <laughs> So I had whoops. I had four-way brake lights. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, I never did figure that out. I could change wires and I could never get it to work right. Turn signals work fine. Brake lights worked, but so did the parking lights. Brake lights. <laughs> right. So yeah, I tried to install a stereo once in the Honda and messed it all up. I cannot imagine taking apart a steering column. To do wiring in the car for turn signals, I mean, obviously it's, you know... A lot simpler then. Yeah. A lot simpler. To... <laughs> but that's cool. I mean, yeah. it's 
so after after the that was all the fifty five. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's that's about all for that one. I had it had it about a year after I had my license, and at some point I uh, uh, took it to a garage, and sitting outside the garage was another Plymouth, a fifty nine Plymouth Sport Fury convertible. Oh. Now this was the car. <laughs> This was the car. This was the size of an aircraft carrier <laughs> with fins. Oh, with yes. With fins. But it was a convertible. And uh, uh, $450. So I sold the 55 to my then girlfriend for $150. Nice. Good profit. Good profit, yeah. It's 66 <laughs> bucks for the car. I paid for it originally. <laughs> 66 bucks. Sold it for 150 She proceeded to destroy it. Oh, no. So, yeah, she destroyed it, yeah. So... But now I had my now I had my convertible, and this thing was like twenty feet long, with fins about six feet high in the back. Is this still in high school? Oh yes, I, I had that. Yeah, I had that in high school, and uh, once again I fixed it all up. Took the took the, some of the chrome off of it, had it painted. I forget the color, but it was almost a baby blue, but a little bit grayer, a little bit grayer than a baby blue, and it was nice. It was nice. Was this the push button transmission? This was the push button transmission. I remember hearing about yeah. the pushy button car. Pushy button, yeah. Pushy from button, uh, yeah. from Mr. Warner in yep. high school. Yep. So what? And the it was on the dashboard. It was on a dashboard. Okay. Okay. It was a Chrysler Torque Flight transmission. And there was no stick. It was no stick. just buttons. There was buttons. There was no park. <laughs> <laughs> there was a there was a lever that you threw for park. Okay. It was on the it was on the left hand side of the dashboard next to the, next to the speedometer. And it had three speed, one, two, D, and R. And that's all there was to it. And, it was, and then the lever for park. And it was different, but I had seen them before. My aunt had a my aunt had a Dodge convertible with push buttons in it. So I'm familiar with the push buttons. But that was that was a this was a bigger V eight. It was a it was definitely a boat. Looked good though. It looked yeah. good for a big car with big fins on it. I'd like to find that car again, <laughs> except it's probably rusted away by now. Right. It's down to just the tires are left. It's the only thing that wouldn't rust on it. It sounds a lot like the Batmobile. That's pretty oh, it much was. What, it I, was, what it I'm was, picturing. Yeah, it was huge. 60s Batmobile. It was huge. But it was fun. Seat swiveled. <laughs> seat swiveled? The, the seats were split. It was a split, for your, split front seat in it, obviously, because it was a two-door. But the driver's seat swiveled. So you could get out of the car if you needed to oh. swivel the seat to get out to the side. <laughs> first car I had, the first car I ever had with windshield washers on it, but it was a pedal next to the brake. Oh no! Little tiny pedal, and you had to push the pedal with your foot to get spray to get the out wipers of it. to work. To spray, yeah, to get the, no, no, to oh, get the spray, spray, just to spray. Yeah, the I wipers were on a button, so. But uh, that was that was that was cool. It was called a sixty forty front seat. 40% of it swilled out for the driver and 60% of it stayed still. Okay. So, nice car. Did you have any kind of, I don't know, special stereo system in it or something? Was that was that really a big... Yeah, it was called Amplitude Modulation. Amplitude. AM radio. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> AM radio is what you had. Yeah. And you could change it in five seconds. Oh, two minutes. Two minutes you could change the radio. <laughs> two minutes. Yeah. There was no, uh, was no, uh, no amps involved. No, uh, right. No uh, bass speakers in the trunk. But no. when did eight track start coming out so that you could actually have it in a car? Eight track. Oh, what I had eight track in. 
Didn't have eight track till I got the Jaguar. Okay, <laughs> but didn't matter because it was a Jaguar. Right, didn't matter. It could have had. It, it could have had AM radio. It could have had a wind up phonograph in it, and it was still a Jaguar. <laughs> you know, there was nothing could take that. Kick my ass every day of my life for selling that car, the oh, Jaguar. Yeah, yeah. XJS. XKE. 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 I was wrong. Yeah, the one that looks like it's doing sixty in the driveway, standing still. <laughs> <laughs> the motor sold off it looked like it was doing 60 great car pain in the butt yeah pain in the butt it was positive ground now that doesn't even sound right because no. the negative terminal of your battery is you figure is the ground it was positive ground this was in 1963 okay for any special reason or yes british oh. <laughs> <laughs> they have no dental care and positive ground so <laughs> That's that's what they had. But if you if you just hooked everything up ass backwards, it worked. Right. You know? I put a radio in. I did put a radio in it, but I had to hook the hot wire to the ground. Okay. Vice versa, and put the A track between the seats. The two two seater was a sports car. It was okay. A flat out sports car. It was. That's all there was. What year was it? Sixty three. Sixty three XKE. Yeah. So you put an A track between the between seats. the seats. There was a little. There was a. There was a. There was room behind the. Behind the seats, the only two seats for uh, packages and stuff like that. I mean, you could carry some things back there. There wasn't much room in it. Big door on the back opened to the side. Didn't open up like a station wagon. It opened up to the side. You could work back in there. I had it all reupholstered inside. Painted again also. Found parts for it. Went to New Jersey for the glass off the headlights. The glass off the headlights was missing when I bought it. And bought the went to Trenton to get the glass. Found them in the paper. This was a serious one that we did work on. A serious one we... Uh-huh. The transmission, not the transmission so much, it was, the clutch was bad in it. It was a four-speed. Okay. And we got a couple manuals and looked it over. And the easiest way to get the clutch out of it was to drop the engine, the bell housing, the clutch, the pressure plate, throw-up bearing, transmission oh out God. the bottom. So we went to a friend's garage, pulled the car in, loosened everything, including a frame rail... Um, the hood came off. The hood opened forward. The hood opened from the dash forward. Right. But the hood opened forward. Take that off. Set it aside. It came all off in one piece. The lights, all the lights, all the bumpers, all came off with the hood. Oh, my God. Oh, it was a great car to work on. That's amazing. Once, as long as you had a lift, it could lift up the car. Right. <laughs> of course, the engine was the same weight as the rest of the car. So it didn't matter. It was an inline six. Inline six cylinder, dual overhead cam. Three carburetors. We dropped it down on a dolly, took a chain hoist, and lifted the car, the front of the car, off of the motor <laughs> while it sat on the dolly. And you could work on anything. You could work on anything you wanted then. It's all that took about half hour, 45 minutes to, to drop, drop the engine, drop the engine transmission, frame rails, Wow! and take the hood off. Lifted the car up by what frame was left and just backed it off. Just backed it off the, or, or rolled the engine out of, from underneath the, where the car was. Now you could take the transmission off, you could take the clutch out, you could do everything. We found all this stuff. The clutch and pressure plate you could still buy new. We found a used transmission in the Philadelphia Inquirer since the uh, transmission was non-synchro mesh. Okay. You couldn't go, you could shift up fine, but as soon as you tried to shift from second into first, it would grind and it wouldn't go. It didn't want to go. It didn't okay. want to, 
That was non-synchromesh. We found a synchromesh transmission in the paper, $60. (laughs) Transmission now would probably be worth a couple thousand, three thousand probably if you could find one. If you could find a four-speed. Was out of a a year or two newer, which didn't matter to Jaguar because they didn't change... They didn't change their models right at the right at the year anyway, like everybody else did. So we put it all back together, ran like a clock, but it always had problems. Always had something. Always had something wrong with it. Couldn't get any air in it. There always a, couldn't get any heat in it. <laughs> but that's that was that was British cars at the time. Now the at six thousand at fifty six hundred RPMs, it was doing one hundred and sixty miles an hour. Oh my god! So. <laughs> It was not a race. It was not a drag car. Right. But there was nothing on the road that could touch it after 40 miles an hour. But now, did you ever did you ever race at all? Because if, if like, cars were sort of identity in high school, like, was there ever racing? Oh, yeah. Oh, did you yeah. ever race for pink slips? Pink slips? No, no. <laughs> so it's nothing no. like Greece, basically. No, no, yeah. That's what I pictured your high school was like. <laughs> With less singing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> And more bull. <laughs> so uh, yeah, the uh, your mother lived in Harrisburg at the time. We were, obviously weren't married, but right. but I was dating your mother. And on my way to Harrisburg, in the Jaguar, I pulled up beside a Chevelle, fairly recent at the time, probably sixty six, sixty seven, something uh-huh. like that. It was a it was a fairly fairly recent Chevelle. All this would have been before sixty nine, so. At any rate, I pull up beside a young guy and a girl, another young guy and a girl in the backseat of the Chevelle. And all I wanted to do was pass him. I was on my way. I was on my way. I wasn't paying attention. I had my 8-track. <laughs> had my 8-track on. <laughs> so, and uh, when I pulled up beside him, I heard him step down on it. He stepped down on the car. I heard the motor start up, roaring. And I downshifted into third, which was possible on the Jaguar because it was a Real high. It was a road car. It wasn't a drag car. Right. It was a road. It was a road car. I downshifted in the third at about seventy, and he got out of his car to see why it stopped. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> he stepped out of the car at about seventy-five miles an hour to see, try to figure out how his car stopped, because it just left him so fast. There was nothing could touch this car at speed. Right now, drag race. No, you didn't drag not race. From, didn't drag race with a Jaguar. Uh, drag race with a with a Plymouth convertible, with Got, the fins. With the fins. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Oh, well, was another guy I also had. He also had one in high school. Okay, <laughs> I digress. We all parked out back of the school where the trailers are now sitting or were sitting. Uh huh. We all had parking places, and uh, Bill and I each had fifty nine Plymouths. He had a hard top. I had the convertible. And every day we would race out of the parking lot to see who could get to the end <laughs> exit first. After school, every day. After school, every day. Oh, my God. And somebody finally complained, and we both got driving privileges revoked for two weeks. Oh. We had to park off campus somewhere, so we did our drag racing somewhere else. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Jaguar, was the Jaguar was the one. Jaguar was the one I should have. Well, I should have kept them all. Right. I should have kept all the cars, even the four-door Plymouth, the four-door 55, I should have kept. Four hundred fifty dollars for the fifty-nine Plymouth. Had a Dodge Dart after that, also convertible, four-speed. That I had. To, that I never. That's the first one I didn't paint. That that had good paint on it for a change. That was the first car I didn't paint. 
Found it up at CNC Ford in Horsham. Still there. How much did you sell the, what was it, 63? Jaguar? XKE? It's exactly what I paid for it, $1,200. Really? Yeah. Nice. I am not going to tell you what it's worth. I know. <laughs> they go on Barrett-Jackson for 70000 Yeah. 75000 Hurt me. The the 8-track you said was in between the seats? Yeah. This was on the floor or on the back of the well, seat? Well, they had to realize that the seat was... The back of the car was over top of the wheels, obviously, so it was raised okay. up a little bit. I'll give you... I'll, I put the tape in with my elbow. That's how I did it. When I was driving, I would take the tape and push it in with my elbow. That's that's where it was <laughs> in relation was. to my butt in nice. the seat. So it was higher than it was higher than the seat, but uh, not, right. up, not quite up to my head. So I just <laughs> would put the tape in with my elbow. But that was not a that was not a typical place for that to go. Oh no! But there was no place for there it. There was no there was no place. This is a sports car. You know, I this love was, that you customized a spot for built, the eight track. I built a box. I had it upholstered. I had speakers put in it. I had it all wired, so... And damn if somebody didn't break into the car when your mother and I were first married. Damn if somebody didn't break into the car and couldn't get the 8-track player out. But they took all my 8-track tapes. <laughs> they took all my 8-track tapes. I had a box of tape in there. Tapes in the car. And they got in the car. The door never locked. Let's right. face it, I never had a door key for yeah. it. I never had a door key for it. And we, changed it. we changed the ignition switch at some point. Had been changed. And there was no door key for it. So he couldn't lock the car. But they could not get the 8-track player out because of the way I had it built into the back of the car. So wherever the car is, I hope it's still there just for laughs, you know. Right. Yeah, I think the only time that I ever had a car broken into for what was inside was a was a binder full of CDs. It was about yeah. probably 120 CDs that mm-hmm. I had in a binder. Somebody broke the window to get to it. Oh, that's not entirely true. One time on 9th Street, I had somebody break into the back window of the Corsica? I don't remember, but it was it was they took a backpack full of of old clothes, like sweaty clothes was what my was what was in the backpack that they wow, thought. Wow, lucky them. <laughs> lucky lucky them, them. Which is what they thought was good at, and a couple of movies that I had borrowed from Alan. So those were that was probably some interesting viewing as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. But the Cor- oh the Corsica was probably the best car that I owned. But basically, before getting married, the Corsica is probably the best car I ever owned. I paid two hundred dollars for it. Uh, I never had to have anything replaced for the seven or eight months that I owned it. But that's also the only car accident—knock on wood—horrible car accident that I've ever been involved in. Was the Corsica was getting teed in the driver's side door, going through the light after the hurricane. I guess it, was, it had to have been two thousand one or two thousand two. And that yeah, hurricane came yeah. really close and swept up the coast and knocked a whole bunch of lights out. It was 270, 272, Two. and 40. And Route 40 which in Maryland. Is basically yeah. like two four-lane highways that come together at a stoplight. Yeah. And none of the lights were working, and everybody was treating it like a four-way stop, and it was my turn to go, and a pickup truck came through the intersection at 50 miles an hour and hit me right in the driver's side door. I still look at pictures of that car. I should not be here yeah. as hard as that car got hit. And I think the worst I got out of it was a stiff neck and six stitches on my forehead from where I banged up against the window. Mm-hmm. That was a nice little car. I remember that. Uh, it was it was in such good shape. It was the first real like grandma car that I ever owned that was only driven, you know, 30,000 miles and I just want to get rid of it and 200 bucks and I, I think I had to put yeah, I think I had to put two tires on it and that was about it. 
that I did in the six, seven months that I had it besides an oil change. And then it got just, just destroyed. But yeah, the Honda, I kind of miss the Honda Accord sometimes. I don't, I don't think I would want to drive it now, but that was a sweet, I guess it was mom's car first. My first car yeah, was the Honda Accord. and, And I just sort of got passed along to me when I got my license. And that thing took me all through high school. I was also the first person to actually get my license among my close circle of friends really so i was yeah yep even at 17 yep josh was shortly after uh tim and jeff were shortly after that but yeah it's nobody had their license i don't i don't what a difference a couple decades makes, right yeah (laughs) it was i guess we didn't we didn't think we needed it uh actually at the time we had a lot of friends that were a couple of years older than us we wound up with a lot of friends who were you know seniors when we were sophomores and nobody really had that like need to get their license at 16 until all those people graduated and we found ourselves 17 years old juniors without anybody to drive us around. So I was the first one to really get my license, but then it sort of dominoed after that. And the Honda drove our little group of friends around all over the place for the last two years of high school. I took it to Antioch out in Ohio. We took it um, to Chicago when we did our work study in uh, Pegasus Players Theater out in Chicago. Drove it out there, and that's eventually where it died, was was going back and forth to work in Chicago. But I, I everything that I learned about cars, I learned on the Honda, because it, it had a catalytic converter problem, I had to change. There was everything that could possibly go wrong with a car, short of the engine falling apart, went wrong with that car, until eventually the engine fell apart, and you <laughs> could not drive <laughs> there it go. anymore. There you go. Which was ridiculous. Although I have to say, my favorite, my favorite breaking down story, and I still, I still tell people about it every once in a while, was senior year of high school. A bunch of us went to the Latin convention because we were all, <laughs> we were all in the Latin club. Nobody took Latin as a language. Like a nerd? Yeah. <laughs> when did you become a nerd? A little bit. Some somewhere around uh, freshman year of high school, I'm pretty sure is when it happened. No, it probably uh, the nerd. Nerditude definitely started. Not uh, Latin dance. No. No, okay. No. No. Latin the language, which I never learned and was never officially even part of the club. I just used to show up during free period to hang out with Josh, and I got invited to go along to the convention. (laughs) So I remember riding up with Bob Brown, and it was in Indiana, so he drove his car. And I had my license, but he didn't didn't want anybody else driving his car, so that was fine. I just sat disc jockey for for the trip. And we went all the way out to India, Indiana. India. Not Ooh. India. All the way out to Indiana. And uh, on the way back, right outside Pittsburgh, his car just shut off on on the turnpike. And we got off at the Washington PA exit, coasted to a dead stop, completely dead, at the bottom of the ramp. And neither one of us had any idea what to do. Because he was, I guess it wasn't my senior year. He would have been a senior, so I was a junior. Uh, we both got out. The car was packed full with the stuff that we had taken for the weekend. Uh, I remember the cop came down the exit ramp right away, and we were like, yes, thank goodness. Okay, we broke down. He's like, you got to move the car. That was all he cared about was you need, you need to move this car off the shoulder right now. So he helped us push it off the exit ramp, and luckily there was a little quick stop, you know, convenience store there. Pushed it into the parking lot, and then he was like, all right, see you later. And the cop left. <laughs> Protect and serve. <laughs> like, Protect and serve. Bob and I were there, like seventeen and eighteen. Like, okay, we're about four hundred miles from home. What do we do? So the first thing, 
obviously the first thing Bob did was call home and see if, you know, he could, he could, what, really what he was supposed to do. Should I try and get this fixed? Should I take it to a shop? Should I do whatever? And in the time of trying to figure out, okay, see if you can take it in somewhere to get it fixed. If it's just a part, you know, we'll give whatever, we'll transfer money, you can get it, fix it, bring it home. And in in the process of doing all this, a guy pulls up, his name was Lyle, and he pulled up in the pickup truck and got out and was like, you guys need help? Was there a banjo playing? Was, no, <laughs> no. It, it should have been. Yeah, okay. yeah in, the, in the soundtrack of this moment, there definitely was a banjo uh-huh. playing. But yeah, so he got out and he's asked us if we needed help. And we're like, oh, the car's out. So he opens up the hood and he starts looking at it. And the first thing he diagnosed, if you could call it that, was uh, some some switch or some something under the engine that, you know, we'll, we'll just run down to the auto parts store and we'll get one. So we all, two of us piled, we locked the car, piled into the truck, went down. It was already late in the afternoon. As I remember, we, were, we bought snacks at the convenience store and got something to drink. But by the time we got back from the auto parts store, the convenience store was closed, which should have been our first clue that we were sort of in the wrong place was that all, all of the stores were closing at like eight o'clock. So he took us down to the auto parts store and got something and came back and it didn't work. So then he was going to go and he, well, maybe it's this. And we went back to the auto parts store and got a second part and came back and said, no, that didn't work. So finally, the third time he wanted to try something, auto parts store was closed. And he is like, well, look, I got to run home. My wife has been expecting me. You guys hang here. Um, I'll come back. I'm gonna I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna check in. I'm gonna have dinner, and I will come back. So we didn't know what else to do at this point. I think I'd probably called you guys collect to tell you what was happening, and that we were just sort of waiting it out to see. Worst case scenario, Bob's dad was gonna send Choose Towing out to get us, drive all the way to Washington, PA, 400 miles to get us, and tow tow his car back. So finally, Lyle comes back, and it's like 10 o'clock at night. We've both been sitting there, and he says, "Hey, I've got." I've got a friend who works on cars. He'll probably have an idea. I'll go there now if you guys want to go with me. And at this point, I was like wiped and I was frustrated and I was angry. So I was like, I don't want to go, which I can't believe I did because at this point, I really feel bad that I left Bob alone with this guy. And still to this day, I have no idea exactly what happened. <laughs> this is a banjo again. Is this Criminal Minds? <laughs> this no. is a Criminal Minds episode. Almost. It started to feel that way because by the time it was 10 o'clock, there were shady characters out. But I was not very aware of my surroundings in that in that sense back then. I am now, but it, not so much back then. So I did not want to go. Bob got in the truck with Lyle and they took off. And I sat down on the curb because the convenience store was closed. I was tired of sitting in the car. It wasn't really that cold. So I just sat outside and I fell asleep on the sidewalk out in front of the store. Right? The next thing I remember is I wake up to a flashlight in my face and voices, guys' voices saying, no, 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 just stay still, just stay still. You're all right. Are you okay? Are you all right? Just stay still. And I woke up in a panic. I had no idea what, my first thought was that Bob got hurt or somebody, you know, I had no idea what was going on. And it was two EMTs who had been driving in an ambulance, passed it and saw me passed out on the sidewalk and thought I was either dead or hurt or whatever. So they came to check on me. And I told the guy, I was like, no, oh my, like, oh no, I was, I'm waiting for my friend. And I sat down because I didn't want to be in the car and I must have fallen asleep (laughs) on the sidewalk. And the guy, the EMT looked at me straight faced and went, you should not be sleeping outside in this part of town. 
And that was the minute there that I go. realized, there oh, oh, wait, we're in a bad part of town? Yeah. Oh, my God. So that at that point, I started to freak out because I looked at my watch, and it was close to 1 in the morning. It was probably 1230. And Bob had been gone almost three hours. So I and I he didn't have a cell phone. He didn't have no like nobody had nobody had a phone nobody had to call. Then. Yeah. Nobody had they didn't exist. So I went across the street to the payphone that I had called you guys from and I called you guys collect at like one in the morning, freaking out because I didn't know where I didn't know where Bob was. It had been three hours. And then finally you told you know, Mom, I think I talked to mom on the phone. She was like, Call the police. Just call the police. If he's been gone that long, you need to call the police. You need to get back in the car and lock the doors and stay there. So I called the police, got back in the car. You know, they said they were going to come out. Still 15, 20 minutes maybe went by before the cops actually showed up. And Lyle and Bob pull back in the truck uh, right before the police show up. So Lyle comes back and Bob gets out. And Lyle is obviously drunk. Bob has beer on his breath. <laughs> And I look, I said, where have you been? You know, he and I are like having the, as as whisper scream as we can at each other. Where have you been? What's going on? What happened to you? He's like, okay, he just took me to his friend's house and all they did was drink. And then he wanted me to have a beer. So I just, I just had a beer just, you know, just because I didn't want to be weird. <laughs> so poor Bob is like being forced fed beer. He <laughs> Wow, that river don't go to Aintree. <laughs> it doesn't. And so at this point, while I'm talking about, I was like, I called the cops because I thought you were dead. And the cop car pulls into the parking lot. And that's when Lyle started to freak out. And Lyle looked at me. He's like, what are the cops doing here? I was like, I called them when you guys didn't come back. So Lyle's like, you can't, you can't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be drinking, man. I'm driving. You can't, I don't have a license. Like Lyle just starts going on all these lists. I'm waiting for him to tell me there's a gun in his glove box that's not registered to him. So finally, I walk, 17 years old, I walk over to the police officer and I say, sir, I'm really sorry. I'm the one that called you. My name is Michael. This is, you know, it's my friends are back. I'm sorry. It just took a little while. I was getting worried. Everything's fine. And the police officer left. So at that point, it was like 1.30 in the morning. Lyle finally said, okay, you guys, come on, get in the pickup truck. We'll go to my house. You can crash there and we'll deal. We'll try and fix the car in the morning when the auto parts place opens up. So finally, this one, I was like, fine. Anywhere except sleeping out here where EMTs think I'm going to die, but won't take me anywhere. So we pile into the truck one more time. Now I'm now I'm riding with Lyle, who's inebriated. And we only travel, like, maybe two miles to his house. And we get in, and it's a nice little house. His wife had, had woken up. His wife is, like, pregnant. She's, you know, super sweet. And here, one of you can have the couch. One of you can have the floor. And this is our dog. i never forget this dog's name. The dog's name was Toxon. And his full name was Toxon Dingy Dingy. Lyle was a Vietnam vet. So... <laughs> <laughs> and apparently Toxon Dingy Dingy means big shit was the name okay. of this dog. Okay. So he, he's introduced me to this dog. Bob slept on the couch. I slept on the floor. The dog slept on top of me. And I thought for sure I wasn't going to wake up. And then sure enough, next morning, get up. His wife is super nice again. She made us like pancakes and eggs. We went out and messed with the car for like two more hours and then finally decided that he wasn't going to fix it. And we called for choose towing and I still don't even know what happened with, you know, hopefully they gave Bob's dad some kind of a deal because they they drove out 400 miles and towed the car with Bob and I in the in the cab 400 miles back to Oxford. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that was a cross between uh, um, um, deliverance and 
The notebook. I don't know. That was. <laughs> I mean, you you at least got pancakes out of the deal. I got pancakes. Yeah. I got pancakes. The dog slept wow. on my chest. Wow. I learned Vietnamese. Yeah. Um, and I learned that you know, and as shady as he was, it turned out that he you know was not a psychopath. At least not with us. Cannibal. Yeah, no. cannibal. No, that's okay. that's what I thought was next, and so did so did Bob at that point. But that's still. But yeah, so I don't know if you've ever been if you've ever been stranded like that, but that was that was that's my favorite car breaking down story and I still to this day because Bob never really had any problems with his car until I sat in it. I was pretty sure that yeah, I was yeah, you were the problem, yeah. I drove his car to break no, down. No, the turnpike's the turnpike. probably the problem. The Pennsylvania Turnpike is the that's the villain in this story. Yeah. In every story, actually. No, no, never uh never a breakdown like that. I mean, I've been broken down. Well, I drove that. I drove the Plymouth convertible forty miles with no water in it. Oh. Every time I stop, every time I f- could stop somewhere, I got some water and put in it, and it made it within mile and a half of the house. And the motor seized up right there at the stop sign. So, but I guess that was uh, I was uh, eighteen, nineteen. That was walking distance then. You know, I wouldn't want to walk it now. I don't guess, but right. But uh, yeah, that was the. Uh, that took a new motor in at that in that time. My dad and I did that motor too. We put the motor in, but that's what we did. You know? Right. And right. cars were simpler then. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I I can't think of anything off the top of my head. At least not anything that that uh, criminal minds ish. <laughs> <laughs> that was certainly yeah, my that most was, epic breakdown. Yeah, that was. A, I don't know. I broke down uh, even recently when I had the Tahoe broke down and had to have it. Had to have it towed to get fixed, and the guy said, "You're really going to be better off if I just buy it from you." So I feel like no matter what, one day I will have a. That car. was quite a tow job there. <laughs> Boom! Yeah. And with that, it's time for Dad fears my trivia. Oh my god! Here we go! Here we go! All right. All terrain armored transport. Oh, no. That's- <laughs> That was the trivia question I gave mom this morning. But Emperor I, Portobello. <laughs> no. Ralph Portobello. Oh. No. So the first thing I realized on the way home was that um, you and mom listened to the podcast when I when I burn it for you so that she was going to hear the, the Emperor Palpatine question anyway. And it turns out she could not remember his name. And as soon as she heard it, she recognized it. But... Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I, that's right. That's my next, my next guess. I was wrong though. I'm gonna have to give. Um, I'll, I'll get her ten Star Wars trivia questions when we finally get a chance to to talk to mom. But so this time, hold on. Last last month's winner was um, was Elena Jennings, my sister, and <laughs> we delivered. I delivered her a prize today. I actually, in lieu of actually rolling a die, I have a dice app. On my phone that I can do. How awesome is that? Are we but still this, we still only at six listeners. Twelve. Twelve. We have doubled the listenership. Here we go. <laughs> so two, two dice. Um, and with a roll of twelve, this month's winner is Bridget Brennan. Yes. Yes, so Bridget. Bridget will be the lucky recipient of some item taken from my house. Quality depending on how many of these questions you oh, get right. That right? Oh, okay. That's right. Sorry, Bridget. <laughs> so in advance, I'm sorry. Let's go. Uh, question number one. Are you ready? Oh, yes. That wasn't the question. Always. Question number one. That's one right. What was the nickname of Frontier's woman Martha Jane Burke? Uh, Martha Jane Burke. 
Andy Oakley? No, oh, oh. sorry. It was Calamity Jane. Oh, Calamity Jane. Calamity Jane. <laughs> Deadwood, yes. That's right. My girl. Uh, number two. This will be a good one. How many furlongs in a mile? What? <laughs> How two many? and a half. Oh, no, no. That is not correct. It is eight. Eight. Okay. Eight furlongs in a mile. Eight furlongs. Yeah. <laughs> I had to look that one up. I didn't know that one either. Yeah, well. Number three. Sorry, Bridget. <laughs> what does CPR stand for? Oh, that's a pulmonary resuscitation and cardiopulmonary resuscitation. Correct. Hey. Correct. Excellent. One right. I have a card. <laughs> Number four. What is the name of Thor's hammer? Ralph. <laughs> no, not Ralph. Um. <laughs> Classic, classic Viking name. Beaver (laughs) or or Captain Captain Carl. Carl. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Stanley. Ah, Stanley. That makes sense. Stanley's a harper. No, it's Mjolnir. (laughs) Mjolnir is the name of Thor's hammer. I'm still going to give you a point, though, for making a reference to the original Pee Wee's Playhouse stand-up. Oh. Jeez. Whew. Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Yes. Wait, what? <laughs> These are not trivia questions. Sure they are. Okay. It's, well, you're Go right. ahead. All right, number five. Which Beatles album was pulled from U.S. stores shortly after its release due to its controversial cover image of the Fab Four wearing butcher smocks covered by meat and baby doll parts? Yesterday and today. Correct. Yeah. Correct. I. That's one of the... I did not know that. You didn't know that? No, like no, I didn't know that. And that cover is pretty awesome. You know, sometimes... and Not to, not to get in the middle of this trivia... <laughs> Trivia extravaganza. Um, you can find, well, you could could find at the time. I don't think you find them anymore. Or not. You can find Beatles albums with a new cover pasted over top of the butcher cover. They call it the butcher cover. Right. They have, you get, there's some of them that have had glued to the front of right. the cover. Rather than just trash the Rather album. than get rid of the whole album and start over with a new, with a whole new cover, album cover and sleeves and everything they are there are some that were pasted over top that are very very valuable right if you ever run across one i've peeled all mine off and i can't find anything (laughs) i ruined i ruined a good album so okay continue (laughs) number 10 number six number six what is the smallest country in the world the vatican correct vatican city population approximately 1000 okay all right. I'm hot. Here we go. Number seven. Who was the only U.S. president to have earned a Ph.D.? I have not had sexual relations with that woman. That's the only one I can think of. He was a he was a Rhodes Scholar, I think. But, Clinton? But, yeah. But I, no, that is not correct. Wait a minute. Not doctor. Quite. Wait a minute. Doctor. <laughs> doctor. Bush. No. <laughs> Not PhD. quite. PhD. I'm losing it. No, I don't. No, I don't have it. I All don't right. have it. It is Doctor Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow Wilson. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Number eight. 
See, you don't have to be dumb to start a war. <laughs> no, you don't. Think back. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> Those are words of wisdom right there. Number eight. How many letters are there in the Hawaiian alphabet? How about a nice Hawaiian punch? I don't know. How would, how would I know? The Hawaiian alphabet? 26. No. No. The answer is 12. And they're all I's. <laughs> yes, mostly. Mostly. No, the vowels A, E, I, O, and U. Uh, and the consonants H, K, L, M, N, P, and W. Just 12 letters in the Hawaiian alphabet. Number nine. Whew. Close. How many, this is a multiple choice. Oh, okay. All right. How many career home runs did Babe Ruth hit? 690, 714, 789, or 812? Wow. That's a lot of home runs. 714. Yes. yes. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Did you know that without the multiple I did. choice? Yeah, you should not bother with oh. the multiple choice on that one. All right. Well, I feel bad. I wanted yeah. to give you the option because it was a specific number, but. No, no. That's, Next time, no multiple That's choice. what I, okay. okay. <laughs> well, I should have known. That's, baseball's certainly one of your fortes. And, you know, Babe Ruth is still a man. Yeah. Number 10. Mm. According to Megan Trainer's hit song, <laughs> what would I mean if I said, I'm all about that bass? <laughs> I'm all about the bass. She wants to slide in a second. I, <laughs> I'm all about that bass. <laughs> Depends on, depends on your inflection. How you? I, bass, I, I don't know. Bass guitar. No, no, bass, no. Uh, no. Bass would bass be jumping. Like the big booty. Well, all I wouldn't about... say that, but <laughs> that's all right. You or you're like big girls with big curves when you're all about that bass. Okay, and I would have known that. How? I, why <laughs> okay. would you have known okay. what gin and juice? Gin and juice. Yeah, right. <laughs> or juggalos. All right. Just a juggle. I still think that's dirty. <laughs> oh, I like it. Oh, well, there you go. What, one and a half correct? No, no, let's see. Out of ten questions, we got um, cardiopulmonary, uh, yesterday and today, Vatican City, uh, Babe Ruth. So, four out of ten again. What? Not a not a passing grade, but still good considering the trivia questions. Yeah, considering the Hawaiian alphabet. But now you know how many furlongs are in a mile and how many... Letters are in the Hawaiian alphabet. Yeah, together they're only 20, so. <laughs> I love that Dad Fears My Trivia pretty much kills the podcast. So Doesn't it's, it's good Doesn't that we do it at the end. All right, let me unkill it here for a minute. Okay. Um, you mentioned you mentioned last time, I think, you talked about talked about a teacher you had, uh, Mrs. Cedarberg. Yes. Mrs. Cedarberg, okay. Yeah, yeah. In a flash of half-awakeness, it came back to me that her maiden name was Peters. And I had her when she was Miss Peters, and you had her as Mrs. Mrs. Cedarberg. Cedarberg yeah. yeah, Rita Peters. Rita Peters, yes. And uh, and uh, just to, just go back to teachers for a minute. I had this English teacher in in high school, Ann Nelson. Okay. And every day of my life, since I had her in eleventh or twelfth grade, eleventh, something has come up. She taught me somehow. I mean, a word, uh-huh. a, a right, phrase. Right. Uh, People that never give, never say anything about their teachers. And this woman, this is a good woman. And I had her for, I had her for, I'm pretty sure it was 11th grade. She was, she was also, she ran all the, uh, the plays and the musicals and stuff like that in school too. And we got along there too. And I just, uh, I've told other people person to person, but now I can tell 12 people at once. 
maybe 11 after this one. Uh, this woman just really, really touched my life, and I really, I really want to say something about her because she's, she's not well. She was always my favorite teacher and taught me a lot. And more, not all, not all about school either. And not all right. about school. She was, she was very, very good teacher, very good teacher. And I want to make sure that I had said something to somebody else besides my little person inside my head <laughs> about every time something happens. And I said, oh, Mrs. Nelson told me about that. Or Mrs. Nelson showed me how to do that. Or Mrs. Nelson told me how to speak. You right. Know, you know, stupid stuff. Right, right. You know, little things. Just a shout out to Mrs. Nelson. For being a real great person, right? And that's all. Don't mean to drag it down. No, don't mean to it's drag not, it down. It's not at all. That's she's a, she's you know, a, she's a good woman. Somebody should know about it. And maybe someday when they dig these up out of the archives, they'll say, "Oh, Ann Nelson, I remember her." All right, that's all. I, I, I you have anything else? I I'm, no, I just I think that's great. I'm glad you said something. Well, I, you, know, you know, Katie's Katie's an eighth grade out. language arts teacher. Yeah. I, I told her she was crazy the first time she said she wanted to do eighth grade because I thought it was the worst year. Most of the time, it's the worst year for kids because they're, you know, going through puberty and they're in the middle of their adolescence and they're rejecting everything that they've been doing for the past however many years. And she made a really good point to me. Yeah, the, but it's also one of the most pivotal moments and it's also one of the biggest times that you can really set somebody on the path to whatever it is they want to do and whatever it is they want to learn and whoever it is they want to be. You can help give them the strength and the power to sort of discover it. So, I mean, the fact that you still think about... Well, just, yeah, just make sure that she knows that here some some 50 years later, the woman still has a, still has an effect on my life, and she can she may not get all the students right. to think that. If she just gets a few of them to think it, she'll be doing really well, and she's a, I think she's capable of doing it. Yeah. She is, she's a good woman, your wife. She's good. I think so. Yeah. Yes, he is, and uh, it can it can make a difference. You know, I'm not president of the United States because of her, or uh, <laughs> but I'm also not Jack the Ripper either. So, right. you know, but this was this is good. This is a good woman. She's a good woman. She, a lot of things keep coming up in daily life, even 50 years later. I'm glad your wife feels. I'm glad Katie feels that way. You know, because it's uh, it's an important job. It's an important job. And people will remember. Take it from me. People will remember a good teacher. Well, I think that's a great way to end. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well. Awesome. Well, thanks, Dad. You're I'll, welcome. Uh, good I'll night see... and good luck. <laughs> I'll see you next time. One of my time. favorite guys. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Because you know I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no trouble. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no trouble. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no trouble. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, 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 bass. That was terrible. Cut that. Make <laughs> okay. sure that cuts. I will. Okay. <laughs>